Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners, to Podtoid number 68. Joining me tonight are Jim Sterling. Good evening. I'm, I'm awake this week. You <laughs> We missed you. Yeah, I missed talking to Dan Pennant. That's so annoying. As I explained on Podcastle, I was going to say, um, is it true that if you that you don't play World of Warcraft uh, because no matter what class you pick, you're always a paladin? And he'd have laughed. <laughs> we can but dream. Uh, Topher Cantler. Hi. He, uh, Tiff's gone. But Topher is around. We all love Topher. If you don't listen to Retroforce Go, you probably yeah. should. Sorry, I don't. I don't uh, have the vigu to bring to the show. It's it's all right. Time will yeah. Uh, Adam Dork is is recording as always. Our lovely producer, say hi, Adam. Hey. Um, and to start off, we'd usually do a um, well, well, not usually, but this time we would do, we would do a, a Siegel Joel Siegel pun, but. I, want, I, I intended for Aaron to read it, and Aaron's not here yet. He may be joining us later on in the podcast, so if he does, then that'll be the first, first order of business once he shows up. But um, to start as we start our regular podcasts, uh, what have you guys been playing over these past few weeks that we haven't, haven't actually done this little segment of the show? Have you been playing anything interesting you wanted to tell the listeners about? Topher? Uh, I've just been playing a lot of Rhythm Titan Goku, and... Castle Crashers, and it's been about it, really. I haven't a lot of, had a lot of time on my hands. I did play Rock Band 2 uh, over the weekend quite a bit, and that was fun. It's um, about it, really. <laughs> I can dig it. Uh, Jim? Topher, I can hear you eating through your microphone. It's disgusting. I'm eating chicken. I know, and all I can think about is chicken lovely. being chewed up in your and mouth. And you wish you had some. You wish you had some of these delicious little honey batter drummies that I'm on right now. I don't. Wish you can't I have any. Had, I don't wish I had the chicken in the state that I'm hearing the chicken being in. That's disgusting. So no, so no games. It tastes good to me. I was, so sorry. Uh, see, all I can think about is chicken in Topher's mouth now. Well, now um, I can too. That's awful. It's like contagious. No, now that's disgusting. It's like yawning, except with chicken and Topher's mouth. Oh. <laughs> um, I, think, I think we just lost half our listeners. Yet gain some more, I wager. Uh, what are we talking? Video games. Um, I haven't been doing much. It's like the more I work for... It's the more I write about video games, the less I play them, which is a shame. Um, am I coming through? Because my yeah. Skype's just... Oh, sorry. I'll have to start that again because my Skype's just made me think I was cutting out. Okay, just um, give it the five-second silence and then I'll edit it. Yeah. I haven't been playing all that much. Um, it seems the the more I write about video games, the less I actually get to play them. Um, I've been playing some stuff for review. I did um, had to get through Infinite Undiscovery, which, as you can see from our review, was uh, very shit indeed. And uh, Trouble in Paradise, which is good. It's like the other games, the other game. Well, they return. Yeah, the other games. Um, Kind of like Madden, but with paper animals. It's literally just like streamlining and a roster update and all that business. 
Um, plus, there's a character called Professor Pesto who will randomly go into your garden and just kill off a random piñata that you may have spent the last two hours trying to get. That's really fun, Rare. I hate that. Um, I, t- I don't know how that game is designed for kids because it's really complicated and harsh and unforgiving sometimes. And I stopped playing it after five minutes, so complicated. Yeah, it's... And I've said before, it's like Wikipedia. You know, you want to get one animal, but then you have to get another to get that one, and you have to grow this to get that, but then you have to do this to do that, to do that to do this, and it's literally like opening up a million tabs in Firefox until you forget what it is you were doing to start with. And somehow four-year-olds are supposed to play this. I I will never work it out. But it's very good. It's got scorpions in it. Um, I haven't seen one yet, but I want one. Um, but I got a crab in the meantime to tide me over, so that's quite good. And Conrad <laughs> and I will be uh, reviewing that um, later, so you can all say, this game's been out for ages, this review is so late, why did you bother? That's cool. Um, for no reason at all, I goosexed um, Eternal Sonata, the, the Chopin game. Is that That's how you pronounce his name, right? Uh I, I turned it off after five minutes. I my my patience is worn so thin with any game that has cutscenes. Like to, to, I, I think it's been about five minutes telling me about the, the little world that Chopin's imaginary self lived in, and then um, I think a little girl and a, and a and her mother were walking through a big sort of sound of music plane and field of corn or whatever, and and the girl goes, "Mommy, why do waves hit the beach?" And I just fucking turn it off right there. I don't there, I don't give a shit about that at all that is, that oh, is it gets better it gets better later on over. later on in the game it will completely rip you out of the story to tell you about the real life Chopin who has absolutely fucking nothing to do with the game wow and it will go on for 10 15 20 minutes at a time telling you about this motherfucker that you don't really care about because you've been spending the past 2 or 3 hours in another world where he doesn't live yet it still will do that and that's that nothing it's, that's uh, I don't know how they got away with that that's to say nothing of the, game. the game's ending. The ending what? is amazing. I didn't get I played to the it. End. I played it to completion, and very rarely have I finished a game which. I mean, I was enjoying the gameplay. It's not a bad. It's really not a bad RPG. It was good. It was. It was a decent RPG in a time where there were barely any for the generation. Um, but. Mm, I don't think I've ever pl- played a game that I was enjoying enough up to that point. And yet, ending, just feeling so utterly angry. I've never played a game that's left me that angry. It's like the the last 20 minutes of the game just slap you about the face with a big cock of mystery. I've never seen something so dramatically pretentious and up its own arsehole and obscure. I still have no idea what happened. And is it, is it like intentional, like Half-Life 2 mystery except way too much? Or is it like Metal Gear Solid 2 mystery where it just basically jerks off and asks you to accept it all as being sort of mysterious in a good way? It's a, no, I think it's a brand new mystery because at least in Half-Life, and I'm assuming somewhere in Kojima's brain, they knew what they were talking about and something, you know, they had a, some sort of plan in place. But this is, it's just bollocks. It's literally just bollocks. It, 
I got the sense that the the game's writers, if there were any, had no idea what they were doing. It's it's hard to explain without have you actually having seen the cutscene. Um, it's probably on YouTube, but you will not have any idea what's going on. It's like they threw in a load of metaphors and not even they know what they're talking about. But it's... It's oh. a shame because it was a good RPG. It was a lot of fun. I said it was decent. When you were actually nice, playing. Yeah, it's a nice like button mashing, button mashing action RPG, but God, the, the ending is such bollocks. It's really getting to the point where it's it's just because you know I'm I'm something of a JRPG fan you know I like them and the Lost Odyssey is really the only one this generation that's been you know really good the rest have just it, oh, it's just been really disappointing. Um, Did you ever get around to finishing Lost Odyssey? No, my brother has my disc and he's had it for months. And he's joining the RAF, so I better, I, you know, I need to get it off him before he has a plane crash in Iraq. Because he's weird, my brother. He said he wants to go to Iraq. He said he's looking forward to it. I said, why? It's horrible over there. But he's looking forward to it. But then he he li- has lived in Crayford for a while, so. Is 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 Iraq a step up from Crayford? Well. In Iraq, you don't have pikey, inbred oh. pricks dragging their sled in your garden and setting fire to next door's <laughs> caravan, as happened to me when I lived in Crayford. So, to be honest, if I if I had to choose between living back on Maiden Lane, with where an entire cul-de-sac had a family living in it. I mean, the entire, every house in the cul-de-sac was said to have a member of the family in it. Then Jesus. I'd choose Iraq. <laughs> um, well, what you were talking about with, with uh, Lost Odyssey and, and you know what we're saying about Eternal Sonata sort of ties into one of our news stories for tonight. Um, because Game Republic boss Yoshiki Okamoto, I'm not even going to fucking try, um, mentioned, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and read his quote, uh, it's almost too late. During the Famicom era, Japanese video games comprise 70% of all video games. Currently, it's like 15 or 20%, isn't it? Now, Western games are more advanced. For games like GTA 4, those guys are spending something like 5 or 10 years to make them. Even if we thought about catching up with them now, they'd still be making progress. But not necessarily giving up, it's just not possible to catch up in a single lifetime. Now, as as good as, you know the odd Lost Odyssey may be, do you guys feel like the Japanese market's sort of stance on making games uh, is, is in a way, stagnating? I mean, because it's obviously, it's obviously hurting them in their pocketbooks. Do you think that, that they need to... I, Aaron's not here to be angry at me for using the word, but you think they need to innovate more in the same way that Western developers seem to be attempting to? Or what do you think it is that's, that's making Western developers so much more successful than the Japanese? Jim? I think it depends on where you look. Oh, October. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. What do, what do you mean Go by ahead, that? Jim. No, no, it's no, no, no. I just did it at the I, silence. I mean, so. I think I think it depends on where you look. I mean, there's this guy's saying this, but what kind of game is he talking about? I mean, he, he mentioned GTA 4, but it's like there are other genres uh, and other types of games that I think um, the Japanese have way more of a leg for, up on than than the U.S. developers do. For references, like um, uh, Game Republic, my Genji. And Genji too, if you want to see what games he's probably talking about. Mm-hmm. 
crabs, massive damage, etc. Real-time yeah. weapon changes touted as innovation. Yeah, but I mean, what, what what sort of games would you would you be referring to there, Tover, or what genres rather? Um, I don't know. look at the DS. Look at um, Rhythm Tengoku first of all. Um, there isn't anything to match that, and a lot of that, um, I guess, is considered casual gaming in this country, but. I don't know. I can't look at that and not think that it's somehow innovative. Well, and just in the way whether it sells here or not, right? Right. We'll see when it comes out. But I mean, just in terms of what we think of as a video game, I think it's innovative in the fact that it exists. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. You can just move on. Well, no, that's that's fair. I mean, Jim, what do you think? Um, well, first off, I mean, uh, this the game. I'm just going to call him Mr. Genji. Is probably talking more about market share than like creative, uh, yeah, dominance. But it's obviously still an interesting thing to talk about the creativity. Um, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, Japan obviously has a lot of inventive stuff going on, as type of points that you know, rhythm tengoku, uh, tengoku gold, um, and all that business. But I'd say the Jap- Japanese culture, as it is, I mean, lends itself well to what we might consider stag- stagnation. They, you know, the Japanese side of uh, the market probably don't consider it stagnant, um, which would obviously explain. Why Dynasty Warriors is a huge franchise over there. Like it's a it's a system seller. It sells PS3s out there, um, and obviously uh, RPGs are very successful. Even though turn based combat has been around since the eighties, and that's fine. I mean, I've always said that innovation is not that important if you're just doing what you're doing very well. But at the same time, I must admit that a lot of Japanese-developed games are burning me out at the moment. Infinite Undiscovery, if if that game did anything useful at all, it kind of highlighted the problem with Japanese games, because it just takes all of the cliches and all of the like tired old um, themes of Japanese game development and storytelling in Japanese games to such an extreme it, like, it turns up the obviousness of the repetition of these games to such an extreme that you realise that all Japanese RPGs are almost completely like this one only obviously better but I really am getting tired of a 16-year-old boy having a coming-of-age story and defeating an evil empire. It's been done a thousand times. I'm sick of the same character archetypes coming up again and again. Lost Odyssey um, had those archetypes. It had stereotypes. You know, It had the brooding main character and the lecherous character and the tomboy. But it at least had a very original story. Um, So what I would say is what I said in the Infinite Undiscovery review, if uh, Japanese games, especially role-playing games, don't want to evolve mechanically, they should at least be evolving thematically. 
which I think is the edge that Western development has at the moment. Um, you look at a lot of the really interesting stuff coming out at the moment, and the really thematically in, engaging stuff. You know, we've got uh, John Blow's Braid, of course, and Portal, which not only had very interesting gameplay mechanics, but a great storytelling um, slant to it as well, which Valve does very well. So I do think that creatively, even though obviously we have our own sort of stagnant um, areas, you know, we have too many FPSs and whatever that just follow the lead of the more successful franchises. Um, I do think that both creatively and in terms of market share, the Western market's dominating. And I have talked for 56 hours, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> Um, that's that's fair. I'm a bit I, I think it it really de- it, I think it depends on where you look. I mean, because if you think about um, Eco Shadow of the Colossus, that stuff was developed in Japan, and it's not. I think you the know, guy's being kind of he's kind of got blinders on when he's when he's talking about he's being very general. And uh, well, as Jim said, I think he was he was being general because of um, he's talking about market share more than 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 creativity necessarily. And innovation. Yeah, which is a bummer, obviously. But yeah, it's kind of become a debate, really, about the creativity side of it, which I don't think was his intention, but it's kind of lent itself to that. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely—I mean, as you say, there's a lot of creative stuff going on in Japan. Um, but again, it's face training. A lot of... What? <laughs> yeah, face training. Face training. I mean, come on. They don't have a game. Do they have a? They, they do. don't. They do. Yes. Do they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yep. If you want face training and witch touching, then Japan is your market. Essentially, that's true. Um, if you can train your face to touch witches, then that's what you want. <laughs> oh dear. But, uh, oh dear, Japan. <laughs> There's a lot but, of interesting shit on the DS, like karaoke games, and and uh, that's never going to come out here. <laughs> yeah. You'll never see any of that shit ever. I'm going well, over there next month. I might pick it all up. That would be great. I might steal and you can tell shit. us what it's all about. That would be the greatest Games of the Week discussion ever. It would. Um, it would just be me saying, what the fuck is all this? <laughs> Why am I being asked to move my face and touch some chick on her vagina? Um, so... Transitioning to Western game developing for a little bit, uh, if only so we can talk sort of about Spore. Uh, Kojima, you know, Hideo Kojima made a, a statement about hype. He said that the, creati- the creativity of video games is now on the verge of crisis. Massive advertising campaigns are executed for games before their entertainment values are put into consideration all too often, resulting in sell-off tactics happening without hesitation. Now, Spore came out. I- I'm, I'm the one making the jump to Spore, not Kojima. But, you know, Spore came out this last week. It's been getting, eh, reviews, sort of. And a lot, of, a lot of those reviews seem to be based around, including mine, I think, seem to be based around the idea that the Spore we want is the Spore, the hype, essentially, all but promised us. And one of the reader questions asked, uh, do you think that, that the companies are more to blame, m- maybe, for this hype? Or is it the, the, the outlets like us, the Destructoids and the, the, the Kotakus and the Joysticks, that sort of don't filter this stuff out correctly? Or and, 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 I mean, this hype in general, do you think it's reached a, a head, or is this just something we're going to have to deal with for the rest of our natural lives as gamers? Jim? 
Um, oh, me. It's... I don't know. Everyone's to blame. Um, I'm to blame. I'm the worst. It's my fault. I'm sorry. It's difficult. It's, you know... The internet is 24-7 coverage. Game publishers know it. They exploit that. We exploit the game publishers. You know, we want the information as quickly as possible. We have to put it up. Um, get hits, get page views, get money, and continue the whole sorry sorry process all over again. It's it is the blog's fault. It's also the publisher's fault, um, and it does build up unrealistic expectations with regards to sport. It's hard to tell. Um, I mean, I remember Will Wright giving a presentation. I haven't played sport, so you know because I think my PC would just kick me in the bollocks if I if it just saw the disc coming its way because this thing can't handle anything. But so I can't tell how you know whether my expectations were met. But it does seem like you know I remember watching a, a, a presentation by Will Wright and he it did seem very deep and involved and engaging and huge. And a lot of people have said it's said it's dumbed down in comparison to what they were expecting. But it's hard to tell whether, you know, Will Wright did promise it would be some huge complex thing or whether we just assumed that's what he meant. I mean, it's Will Wright. This guy invented The Sims, and he said uh, very recently that casual gaming is, like, the most important thing in the world, and his biggest achievement to date is The Sims and creating that community. So... I think you're probably a fool to yourself if you expected Will Riot to create a game that would be that deep and engaging and and everything, because that's not what Will Riot does. He's very he's very good at making simple games that everybody can enjoy and understand and comprehend. I mean, whether you like The Sims or not, it was a piece of designing genius the way he, you know, managed to appeal to so many people in that way. So, really, we should have expected Spore to, to be quote-unquote dumbed down because that's what Will Wright does. And that's no offence to, to Wright. You know, he does what he does very well. Well, at the same time, I think The Sims was very... I mean, it, it felt very casual, and it has a very big, you know... Uh, fan base of non quote unquote non gamers. But it was a pretty complex game and I think before Spore came out, shortly before Spore came out, Will Wright said that uh, Spore is even deeper than The Sims. And you know, The Sims is on on its surface just about, you know, making sure your character gets a lot of relationships and maybe gets a good job and then you make sure they hunger, they don't hunger and they don't pee everywhere and all that stuff. But it, I mean it it had a you had limitless possibilities for every stage of that Sims life in terms of what it could do and all this shit. But Spore was just... Spore basically cuts all of the things that you can possibly do in your creature's life into two options. Be peaceful, be warlike, for everything except for the very, very last stage, which actually feels much more like The Sims, and that is extremely accessible, yet incredibly deep. So I don't know. I, I, I was... I know, Having played The Sims for much longer than any uh, person probably should, I... I, I didn't think it was that uh, that much of a stretch to think that he could deliver a Sims-esque mixture of intuitiveness and depth on every stage of Spore. But, I mean, obviously I was wrong, so maybe it, I'm sure it is very much the fans' fault as well, but I don't know. 
Telfer, why do you weigh in on this? I think it's everybody's fault, and I think it's hard to pinpoint um, who is more at fault. I mean, it's it's the consumer's fault for eating it up. It's the blog and media's fault for spreading it the way we do, and it's the developer's fault for igniting it, knowing that that's what's going to happen. So, fuck everybody. <laughs> um. Okay, next topic, kind of kind of vague, but I just wanted to discuss it with you guys because we never actually even mentioned the, the, the franchise ever before, I think. But Brad Nicholson posted an article about he had found, or somebody had found, uh, sheet music for Killer Instinct 3. And now, you know, every there, there are rumors that Killer Instinct 3 will exist and blah, blah, blah. And all of it's unfounded, and who, who really cares about, you know, whether or not it's true. But I... And, and this, you know, I say this possibly stepping on Retroforce Go's toes a little bit, being that it, you know, it came out for the arcades and the SNES. But how did you guys feel about Killer Instinct 1 and 2? And are you at all interested in the prospect of reviving it? Topher, why don't you go first? I, I didn't really play Killer Instinct. <laughs> so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Can't help you there. <laughs> Sorry. Jim, what about you? I didn't really play Killer Instinct, so can't help you there. Sorry. Right on. Next topic. Uh, <laughs> so the dude is writing uh, Gears of War 2, comic book writer Josh Ortega, um, basically mentioned in an interview, or maybe off the cuff, I don't know why I'm saying interview, but uh, that he, he had to sort of write, he, he initially was trying to find ways to write around the fact that there are health power-ups and, and ammo pickups and all these things like that, and was told, quote, Epic, and he says, Epic told me, dude, it makes the game fun. And um, they refer to those things as just being a, you know, game-isms, that there doesn't have to be an explanation for why ammo drops are everywhere and all that shit. And my question to you guys is, um, how far should or could player suspension of disbelief be stretched? I mean, I, it, do, do, I mean, obviously these things don't bother most people because if they did, they wouldn't be so accepted. But I mean... Are we supposed to take these typical video game tropes like health pickups and extra lives as like these sacred cows that are always going to be around there but we're never actually going to acknowledge why? Or do you think future games should endeavor to take every aspect of the design and sort of explain and have purpose to them and stuff in the same way that, you know, Braid or Bioshock does? Oh, God, is Hi. Adam here? Or Aaron's here. Aaron Lindy. Yay! I'm sorry I'm late. I was, I, was, I was off saving old people from fires. That you um, pushed them into? No, 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 no. There was a fire, and I pulled them away from it, and then I, I, I then I flew away on my on my cosmic glitter jet. And I don't uh, believe really, uh, no. I thought it sounded pretty credible when I was making it up. Anyway, <laughs> I apologize for so, being late. No, it's okay. Uh, before we get to the next topic, you have to read the uh, the Joel Siegel quote for this week, and it is. I'm going to send it to you right now. We're, we do Joel Siegel quotes now. Yeah, instead of sonnets. I <laughs> I like this idea. And you have to you have to say it in, in the Joel Siegel. It's actually Gene Shallot. One of the readers pointed that out. But Joel Siegel did it as well. But Gene Shallot is the guy that we're thinking of with the bow tie and the incredible hair. Okay, uh, uh, this week's Joel Siegel game quote comes from uh, Fallenter, who who provides us with this gem. You'll be in heaven too with Halo Three. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Okay. So I- so back to the meat of the discussion. I was before you showed up. I was asking. Um, this is not going to be in the podcast. So. <laughs> I, 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 this I just is... can't believe we we stopped the discussion just to do that and then just go back <laughs> as if nothing ever happened. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, th- there's going to be some clever editing going on, right? 
There's got to be uh, some clever editing. Nothing, like, nothing that's going to make that... Just meant... Yeah, nothing that's going to make that any less abrupt. I, I can't clever my way Sweet. out of that. Okay, um, well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy that then. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess it depends. It depends on the level of realism that you're going for. I don't think... I, I really don't think Gears of War 2 is as much as, you know, Gears of War is great and all that, but but I mean, like, I really don't think that it's necessary to go as batshit insane over realism in a game like Gears of War. I mean, if 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 realism is the... <clears throat> if that's the order of the day, like, if you're doing a game that you're just like, it's gonna... If you actually set out to make, like, the most realistic game ever made, I can see throwing a fit over some of the elements of gaming that we've kind of come to take for granted, you know, that, 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 you know, eventually you will come across stuff that is oppor- you know, in a very opportune way, just kind of laid at your feet at the right moment and good for you. It's like, now you have this gun and it's, it's really handy that that happened right before this, you know, like every, uh, <laughs> like every Zelda dungeon ever. It's like, wow, it's really great that I got the hook shot just before I fought a guy who was covered with armor plates. that can only be pulled off with a fucking hook shot. Um, you know, <laughs> It's just I think that I think that we do have to sacrifice some element of believability to have fun. You know, uh, the reason I play games is because games aren't realistic. If I want to play the real world, I'll go outside. Um, but uh, you know, I I could care less, honest to God. I just you know, you couldn't if, care less. You couldn't. What did care I say? Less. Did I say I could care less? You, you honestly I, did. Normally, I'm very sensitive to that kind of thing, but I had a long fucking day today, so I don't. I also don't give a shit. I could care less about the fact that I just said I could care less. And, <laughs> you know what else I'm going to say? No I'm going to say, say nuclear... Uh, oh, fuck, I can't even fuck it up correctly. I'm going to say nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to fuck up at. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, it just, it, it never, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, in fact, I think some things like that are, I, I think they're fantastic. It, um, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, uh, Nuts and Bolts, does a lot of that. It actually draws attention to it and has a really good laugh at that kind of shit. Um, it, you know, it points out constantly, like, it, it, it the, the guys at Rare, like, have made a point to, uh, make fun of the fact that all of their previous outings have been collectathons. So, um, you know, I, I actually think it's just one of those things that's going to be a part of gaming, and if we can have fun with it, that's great. But I, I don't want to see anybody straining any hamstrings over covering it up or explaining it. You know, there's no sense. I mean, I, I just don't see the point. Well, well I, th- I think, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to come down to, to realism or, or to, to something like that for me. in terms. Of it, but, like, if you think about Bioshock, all the elements of that game's setting were simultaneously completely honest to what the game the, the story was what the world of rapture was and they totally and they completely helped you on you know in, in terms of gameplay the, the the booze is everywhere it makes sense that people who are in a dying city would be you know just boozing themselves to death there's bullets everywhere and cigarettes and all these things and the idea of the capitalism even explain i mean there's even explanation for why you respawn and why other characters don't respawn i mean i don't know if it would have completely broken my understanding of the game as being good if those things hadn't been in there. But I think it does, it fleshes out the world more and makes it certainly more enjoyable if your explanation is plausible. I mean, do you, what do you think? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I think if, if you can come up with a plausible explanation, if you can do it fluidly and without fucking everything up and without, you know, making it seem like you're trying too hard, you know, yeah, go for it. But I mean, I think a lot of games don't really have that luxury. I mean... It's it's difficult to explain in a game like say Gears, you know, for this going on Josh Ortega's complaint, like why there are, you know, if you're if you're in a resource starved, uh, you know, environment in which you know you're you're fighting it down to brass tacks and all you've got left is the shit on your back and 
there's this big war going on, and for some reason they're just sniper rifles, you know, conveniently placed, you know, everywhere, and shit. You know, that's it. It, it works. I think in a lot of these uh, situations, the designers have to make a choice between what works for the game uh, and and you know versus what you know how they could develop a story into something plausible. And a lot of times it requires a sacrifice. But in in some fortunate cases like Bioshock, you get to achieve that a kind of reconciliation that benefits both ends of it. So. I, I I don't know. I think it's a case by case basis. Bioshock is definitely the exception, but you know, personally, I just it doesn't bother me for the most part. I think if but if if that opportunity is presented, yeah, it's kind of it would be kind of insulting if they didn't go after it. Um, but I think few games have uh, a, a setting or a place or uh, circumstances or an environment that are so uh, keenly uh, uh, able to to fit something like that, like Bioshock did. I mean, Bioshock had all the elements necessary to really make all that shit make sense. Um, but you know, lots of games really don't, you know. So for Jim, um, uh, I really cannot answer that any any better than Aaron just did. I think he nailed it. I think it's interesting to point out that we are moving, or have been moving for the past several years, away from certain gamisms. Um, I mean, obviously, shit's still not realistic, and games wouldn't be fun if they were completely realistic. But for instance, the health, the health pack, has almost been completely phased out of video games. They still exist, but they're very rare. You do not get an FPS. You know, like in in Doom, for instance, first aid kits all over the fucking shop, and you don't get that in an FPS these days. You've got that whole, you know. If you take too much damage, right, right, but isn't and sorry, yeah, but but well, I was just gonna say, but isn't the regenerative the regenerative health system isn't that becoming kind of a gameism, uh, gameism, game? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, uh, gameism in and of itself, like <laughs> very like, you know, long it's, it's it's yeah, no shit, it's the new, it's kind of the new health pack by now, isn't it? Because you know, oh, definitely. But what I'm saying is, it's kind of. It's quote unquote more realistic in that way than picking up health. I mean, obviously, it's not realistic in the slightest, but it's slightly more. How do I put it? It's it's slightly more grounded than having a magical health pack that you just pick up and you're instantly better. Um, it definitely works better for game flow, but well, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that yeah. gameisms. Like gamisms have faded out, but certain types of gamisms are being refined and tweaked and tuned to be more within the basis of a game. I mean, another example would be hunts. You know, people are constantly working to minimize the intrusiveness of a hunt or take it out completely, as uh, some games do now. Um, so I think we're always going to have gamisms because without them, uh, games would be shit. Because it's not fun to take one bullet and then die. But I think we are definitely... People are always finding ways to reduce them or make them more um, believable. But you can also go a bit too far in that. I mean, the, I'm probably in the minority, but I thought the, the Vita Chamber stuff in Bioshock was just a little bit too much of a stretch. And if you go out of your way to completely try and find a, a, a game world explanation for every single game, is you run the risk of just sort of being a bit too heavy-handed with it. Um, 
but yeah, sometimes, you know, there are just ammo crates all over the place. And I know the, the interesting part of that story is that the writer did at least get to have um, Dominic um, mention how someone needs to do an ammo sweep when they start picking up all these random uh, crates all over the floor. Aaron, did you play Killer Instinct by chance at all? Fuck yeah, I played Killer What are you talking about? Did I play Killer Instinct? Yeah. Well, I, if, if you had been here before, it was a wasteland of people who had not played Killer Instinct. So, really? Yes. Why, why exactly was everyone talking about Killer Instinct? Because it, by at, having played Killer Instinct, I'm an authority on the on several reasons why you shouldn't talk about Killer Instinct. Um, but what exactly what you guys were you guys talking about? Brad Nicholson posted a story where someone had found uh, a picture of Killer Instinct three sheet music, and all these rumors were flying around. Maybe there was a be Killer Instinct three for Xbox Live Arcade or something like that. And I was the question was, what did anybody think of that? Oh, um, With I don't care. Idea. No. Didn't like the um, first game. Well, the thing about Killer Instinct is that they're really, really fun when you're 10 and you like the idea of a combo that is performed with just two buttons. Um, uh, Penny Arcade had a really, really great Killer Instinct comic that kind of ran by the same thing. It's like, you know, it uh, um, essentially, you know, you, you could complete the entire game by doing three motions. Jumping up and then hitting, like, I forget what the actual buttons were, if they were just high punch or low punch or whatever, but hitting one button, and then after you land, hitting another, and that would launch you into, like, a six-hit combo. And then you could just basically do one special move after that, which would launch you into, like, a ten-hit combo. And that was essentially the foundation of the game, was was a ridiculous simplification of combos. Um, if it does exist, uh, it, it would have to be a radical... Um, reorganization of everything that made that game what it is. I'm not saying that it was necessarily bad. I'm just saying that fighters were already pretty mature uh, when Killer Instinct was in its heyday. And now they're even more mature and they're more sophisticated. And it's it just wouldn't stack up. I mean, it, it would be a novelty. If, if it used... If it employed the same kind of gameplay, it'd probably be just... Uh, I, it'd probably be just a novelty. You know? My favorite part of that conversation was that I asked you if you played Killer Instinct. You went, fuck yeah! And then it's like, how is it? And like, oh, it's pretty shitty. Like, well, no, no, I mean, like, yeah, but I just the thing is, like, everyone played Killer Instinct. I remember there was a, a fucking laser tag arena in Spokane, and I would go play laser tag just to play Killer Instinct, because that, at the time, was like, that was supposedly the picture of what the Nintendo 64 was eventually going to be. In fact, um, some of the original machines, um, if you see them, if you have them at a fucking you know, mini golf putt putt course or some bullshit. You'll even see they have like this, you know, when it's when they're running their little intro bits, you know, the non playable, the demo parts. It'll it has the old logo of the Ultra sixty four. Back when the Nintendo sixty four was the Ultra sixty four. It was like that and Cruising USA. That they, they were they were these two games that were branded, you know, Nintendo games that were supposedly a vision of what post SNES gaming was supposed to be. So it was kind of like Mecca for a little while, because you'd just look at it and you'd be like, fucking Christ, that looks awesome, and eventually that's going to be <laughs> on my TV. Jesus, fuck. Um, but, it, you know, when you don't have to pay a buck to play it every time you want to play it, and you actually get some time to dig through it, it's not the most terrific game ever. Te- it was technically extremely impressive for its, for its time. I mean, it was. Um, it's just not a terribly great fighter in retrospect. I mean, back then, I could have been playing Street Fighter Alpha 2. They had one right next to it, and I wasn't. Or, no, it wasn't Street Fighter Alpha. I think it was 1. I forget. Anyway, it was, you know, they had better fighters at that arcade uh, that I wasn't playing because I was looking at Killer Instinct and going, oh my god, the future's awesome! You know? <laughs> 
So oh, yeah, he- I mean, I, like you bring it up, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I played it because yeah, I thought everyone did. I thought you know because that was the big thing uh, when we were all waiting for the N64. You know, You'd have been but then again, Anthony, you were like six at around that time, weren't you? Or I was like around uh, five and a half. Yeah, no, I yeah, I played it. <laughs> I, I hated it. Because yeah. I don't know why yeah. I hated it. I, I think I just the, the I was somehow not intelligent enough to get the two button combo system. I kept hitting one button over and over and again, and was very confused when I wasn't the god of all combos. But I don't know. <laughs> At least I wasn't missing anything big. Oh, I forgot to say that um, the guy asked the question about where hype comes from and stuff was a uh, Nuka J Dav. I don't know how that's pronounced, but anyway, that was the question. Um, reader questions. Fusion Tr asks. Which games are there that the Podcoid, Podtoid crew wants to play but can't find on this damn earth? Now, Lindy, I know you're Mr. Game Collector, so I assume there has to be some sort of Holy Grail elusive unicorn thing for you out there somewhere. Right? <laughs> Holy Grail elusive unicorn thing? Yeah, um, the game's it's called Holy Grail elusive unicorn, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> are we talking about games? Wait, and now uh, uh, in the question, are we looking for games that we've never played that we've always wanted to play, or correct, games that correct. we just want? To- oh, okay, well, shit. Um, the beauty of that is through the magic of emulation. You know, most of those older games that I always wanted to play, um, I-, I got to play. But as far as like PlayStation Up, uh, you know, uh, here's something: I never played more than uh, uh, two hours of uh, uh, Sui Coden Two, um, and I know it's a brilliant game. Uh, I know it is because I played the first two hours. I was like, "This game is fucking brilliant," and uh, <laughs> but but then it occurred to me that I could sell it for one hundred and fifteen dollars. And I was how old was I? I was I was old enough to need money and young enough to be stupid uh, enough to say, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do that." You know, so I sold it because um, <laughs> I found it. I found it at a trade shop for ten bucks, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I've always wanted to play this game." Brought it home. I told a friend of mine about it. He's like, "Oh my god, you have no idea how rare that is!" And I looked on eBay. Sure enough, so. Yeah, I I only played it for about two hours, and then I got rid of it, and I've always wanted to finish it, because I've played all the other ones, uh, one, three, regrettably four, and five, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know, when I'm rich, I'll probably buy another copy, because then I'll be able to afford it. Um, I think that's, that's yeah, that's, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. What about you, Jennifer? Uh, are we talking anything? Anything. You don't have to choose just I one. I want to pop a music cabinet. A music cabinet? A pop and music arcade cabinet. What is that? In my in my house. What is? Uh, what? Pop a music. Uh, it's. Am I misunderstanding you? Yeah. What what what's the what's no. the game? I've never even heard of it. Pop and music. It's a Beamana game. It's like uh, Beatmania or. Oh okay. That sort of thing. What's what's the gimmick? As all Batman games have gimmicks, kind of like what? Nothing is, really. It's like the it's like the the cute 'em up of rhythm games, I guess ah. you'd call it. Like the cute version of Beat Mania. Hmm. And you can only play it in arcades, really. I mean, they have it for Dreamcast, they have it for PS2, whatever. But it's really not the same. You get the little tiny controller. I want like the full scale cabinet that I can beat the shit out of. In my house right now, where I can like keep the neighbors up all night. Sweet, <laughs> Jim. Did he ask about games that you just can't find? Yes. Yeah. Because um, funnily enough, I live in Europe, and there's about <laughs> five hundred of the fuckers. Um, not for much longer though. Hopefully, I should be 
out of the country by the end of next month. But really, as far wow. as we'll see. Um, <laughs> I'm literally one one interview with the embassy away from getting my visa. So sweet. The after TGS, I'll be out there. But and then I won't have to put up with any more of this bullshit, like not being able to find a single copy of Phoenix Wright. Um, which would have been on my list, but I found a copy uh, this week, which I should have mentioned in my games of the week, but I forgot. But so I played that. So well, I'm very that's... curious what you think about that game because I'm very torn on that, and I know a lot of people are. I'm I'm surprised that I like it. I bought it because I don't know some sense of obligation. I don't to to not that, yeah no 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 believe me I that's why I bought it so I know exactly where it's coming from yeah um but I'm surprised that I actually liked it because in theory is well in not just in theory in practice it is just a glorified guessing game with people called detective dick gumshoe but it's still fun it's I've been playing it while I was while I'm at work. Um, in between phone calls, and yeah, it's something about it is really engaging. I don't know what it is, but I was really surprised because I was expecting to be at most, you know, slightly interested in it. But I'm actually really interested in it, slightly. So <laughs> no, I'm 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 actually surprised. I'm I'm impressed that I'm in, as impressed as I was. So, yeah, I quite like it. None of this has answered the question, but we got to talk about Phoenix right. <laughs> so, in the end, everyone's we a winner. We're, we're running Well, if early, we're talking so about games we can't find as opposed to ones we can't afford, I would like to have a copy of Twinkle Star Sprites for the PS2. Because I cannot fucking find that anywhere. I've had a copy reserved at Pink Godzilla for over a year now. And I've been on Guzex for it for ever since the day I got my Guzex account, and no luck. Can you say the game's title again? Twinkle Star Sprites. <laughs> Hearing that come from your your mouth is delightful, <laughs> isn't it? Just yeah. Just, what just what, what is the, it about? Twink- Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, because obviously Topher is so stoic and um, reserved and uh, and that. So it was just, yeah. What Sorry. is it about Twinkle Star Sprites that, that is so interesting to you? It's fun. It's just fucking fun. That's all I can say. So it's you a like really fun game, point? and it's really fucking hard to find. I play it at Otakon every year. It's, uh, it's a cute em up it's a shooter, a Japanese shooter, and I cannot find a copy of it in this country. It is, it, yeah, it is life. pretty awesome. It's uh, and yeah. it's it's just massively fun to play, and I suck at it because I never get to play it. I play it once a year for a few hours, and that's it. So I wish I had a copy so I could play it and be good at it and enjoy it some more. Yeah, how much would it suck to like my own home? <laughs> How much would it suck to like only be able to play uh, like Ikaruga or something once a year? Like, like would yeah, that fucking I, suck? I mean, they just, have you, you would blow balls every single time you played it. Like, yeah, they have that like that gaming would... room at um, 
at Otakon where they have all these Japanese games that uh, you can just sit around and play. And they have it there every year. Somebody fucking brings it. Somebody has a copy. And I sit there every year and play the hell out of it. And it would be nice if I could play it at home without having to wait in line. That sounds like a like a dark fairy tale or like a Roman mythology. Like someone doomed to love something so hard that they will play it for several hours once every year but never is allowed to spend any more time with it. It's like... It's like having a wife in prison or something. Yeah. I don't know. Right. But, <laughs> it's all very tragic. Uh, um, next question from uh, Green... A- oh, wait. No, I was going to say, I, there's some game that I've never even... I, I did want to play... I think it's called Guardian Heroes. The the treasure beat-em-up. Guardian on, Heroes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah on the Sega Saturn. fucking rad. Oh. Yeah. Before I played Castle Crashers, I really, really wanted to play that because I wanted to see how a beat-em-up RPG works. But then Castle Crashers sort of was like, hey, here's the best possible way to do that. So I don't know if I want to play it anymore, but I'm still very interested in it. Not enough to spend money. Oh, you still do. Trust me. I do? Okay. Yes, you do. Uh, (laughs) You also need to play, if you ever get a Saturn, Dragon Force is the only game that you need. Oh, that's another one. Yes. Oh my god, that's the most addicting, uh, addictive and like repetitive game, but it's still like always fun no matter how many times you see the battles unfold. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, also, the, the Saturn is like. Oh, go ahead. continue, continue. Nothing I say ever matters. Just I was talk just gonna say. Me. Oh no 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 no! Fuck you! Now I feel bad. Um, no, but like in terms of uh, in terms of like it's it's awesome to shitty U.S. library quotient. I mean, I know that Saturn has a, a shitload of awesome Japanese games, but in terms of the U.S. lineup, it's like the only thing that comes close to how many to how many shitty games there were on the Saturn uh, in comparison to how many like how few truly great games there were. And like that's what really sucks about it, is that the really great games on the Saturn were so fucking great that it like. It, you you just had to put up with the shit. I mean, it's and it's worth putting up with the shit. It's worth buying, you know, tracking down an old system and tracking down these games just to play these games because they're that fucking good. Um, it it kind of reminds me of like the Virtual Boy, which I think gets a really bad rap because there's like two games on there that I think are fucking priceless. Um, but yeah, so I agree. I would agree with that. I think Wario, the Wario game, is way better than people give it credit for. Just being Wario Land, yeah, Wario Land on on the Virtual Boy is probably like in my top five platformers of all time. It's wow. it's it, yeah it's it's utterly well 2D platformers. I think it's utterly brilliant. It's um, it's like one of the most atmospheric games uh, EAD has ever made. It's it uses the hardware really fucking well, and it's just a really really good platformer. And the music is great. So yeah, fuck the haters. The Virtual Boy is worth it just for that game. <laughs> uh, Green Eggs and Sam asks: In light of Spore and Red Alert Three, do you think that DRM will continue to kick loyal customers in the face? Will DRM continue and start kicking us in the balls, or will it slow down a little and kick the bucket? Nice, nice, nice metaphors. Very uh, nice, very nice. Jim, you wanted to talk about Spore tonight. What are your thoughts on the whole DRM debacle? Um, well, I've talked about it plenty. I've been. I just thought it might be interesting for for everyone else too. But yeah, I mean, I've been doing all sorts of stories on it since it, since the Amazon backlash, um, which is a story I broke, but. Everybody else decided to source other people, so go fuck yourselves, other blogs. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's that's horrible. I didn't know that. That's shit. One up sourced us, and you know when one up sources destructoid that the source was us. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Spore is causing trouble, and. It's really, to me, it's been fascinating. Um, if you're interested in like the consumer side of the games industry, 
just because usually as gamers, especially being the apathetic souls that we are, um, we often just sit and take whatever it is that a publisher feels like dishing out. Whatever bullshit they fancy giving us, we just accept it and say, please, sir, may I have another? But with the DRM in Spore, people have not let go. They've not just had some half-hearted tantrum on Amazon and then let go. We've had the Amazon stuff. Um, the game is heading towards being like one of, if not the most pirated uh, computer game of all time. And just before Poptoid, um, I posted a story about people actually using Spore's creature creator to make anti, anti-DRM creatures. Um, with like DRM sucks written on the side and someone made an arcade which is advertised as being completely free of DRM and all all that kind of and the Varuffle Raptor which comes from the planet EA disappoints me so it's um, (laughs) really interesting to see that the consumers being this tenacious and really taking EA to task Will it have an effect on the DRM? Well, they're still putting it in red alert, so no. You know, Electronic Arts is still making millions of dollars, um, but you can't fault the gamers for trying. Huge kudos for that. I think what we will more likely see is rather than the DRM being destroyed, which they're not going to do because DRM uh, helps to stop second-hand sales, which is the true reason for its existence, but... We're not going to see it go away. We're probably going to see it become a lot more subtle. Uh, And, yeah, that's basically it. We're just going to see it hidden a lot better. Um, As I believe it, Spore does not disclose the use of Securom in its um, manual. Um, Something along those lines. And EA has a lovely little disclaimer that says that they're not obligated to disclose whatever uh, malware... Sorry. Um, DRM they put in their uh, <laughs> software. So, you know, I think that's what's going to happen. It's just going to become a lot more hidden, a lot more, um, yeah, that kind of thing. I had a really good word I was going to use, but I can't remember it. Clandestine? Tell me no, it was not clandestine. No, it's Damn not it. that. It was good, though. It was a I'm very like, good word. I'd have sounded intellectual um but yeah it's you know bollocks is <laughs> is the new word it's going to be it's going to be a lot more bollocks stuff uh aaron and topher what do you guys think about the whole ordeal uh topher, go it's ahead. kind of hilarious actually i think it's funny I, th- I think it's for one awesome to see uh gamers actually standing up and not putting up with this kind of bullshit and, uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Aaron? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I defer to the previous DRM statements I've ever made, which is just, you know, I'm in support of it so long as it's within reason. This, obviously, is not within reason. I think it's it's kind of obnoxious that every... there There's been, like, eight or 9,000 spore... DRM controversies so far, and every time they're like, no, 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 we've been, no, 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 we've, we're, no, everything's fine, we're gonna fix this, we're gonna fix it, and everything's gonna be okay. <clears throat> and then they're back in everyone's good graces, and then, you know, a couple weeks later we find out, well, it wasn't exactly true, and, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, uh, 
Yeah. I, I just I, I I just like it to be settled. I'm I'm tired of the poppycock. I find it kind of surprising that I mean, you know, it, it, one piece of DRM always gets lumped in with the others because there's obviously some really shady fucking stuff in the EIAA download manager that you have to download in order to get updates and all that bullshit. But you know, a lot of gamers like complaining about high review scores because you can only install it on three machines, and I I I, I find that statement like kind of weird. Like I, I'm not pro EA in any sense and I think any anybody throwing shit at a company for putting hidden stuff on our computer and restricting the way that we deal with stuff that we've bought is a great thing but like just in terms of like realism I have to wonder like is, have, have, I've never had to install anything on more than three computers I've, I've pirated XP more times than I care to even count but I've never had to install one disc on more than three computers much less a game that I actually like paid for I, yeah, I, well- I don't know well, wait a minute. What's so th- this latest bullshit thing is you can only install it once, or you can install it once, but you can't use, you can't have multiple accounts on one machine or something like that, and that's what everyone's. Install, I, you can install Spore on up to three computers. Um, it's three computers, period, though, right? Not simultaneously. Well, you can call them and explain why you want to add it to another computer, which presumably, yeah, means, to- and then they'll allow it, which presumably means you just go, I'm not pirating it. Or putting it on every single PC in my computer lab, and then they go okay, and then let you do it. I don't know how that works, but yeah, I, I think I, yeah, I'm I'm typically not a fan of anything that requires me to call anybody. So that yeah, that that is that <laughs> not just in games. Period. Well, no, no. I mean, like if you do okay, it took no. I, I I I'm saying that's the way I feel in general. I don't like. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, but I, yeah, totally. But like after like it took me 14 fucking calls uh, to get my iPhone swapped out after like the first one that I had was broken. Like I just never ever want to speak to another customer service representative for any reason ever. And uh, uh, but like it just, I think I think what bothers me about it is I think there there are some companies that kind of have it down where it, I mean there's there is kind of a magic middle where. You know, you're not wrenching control of the games that gamers purchase out of their hands, while at the same time you can pre- protect your investment. I think EA just tends to err on the side of you know draconian DRM measures more often than not, and I'd like to see them kind of loosen their grip on our necks just a little bit. If I, like I have no problem with DRM so long as it's as it's fucking rational and and doesn't annoy the piss out of me. You know, um, I, I want I want you know companies to get. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. That's what really breaks my heart. Is that, like you said, you know, it doesn't matter how much shit they put in uh, into it. Like it's still being pirated out the butt. I mean, and it will be. And well, that's it's, because DRM is not designed as an anti-piracy measure. Half, the, especially the stuff in Spore, it's anti-second-hand games software because obviously the games industry is. A special little snowflake that is exempt from second-hand sales, or so it would like to believe, um, despite the fact it happens in every other industry. But um, that's what half this stuff is. I mean, you look at it, you can only install it on, th- on three computers. You can have one account. Uh, a lot of this stuff is designed to obliterate its value as a potential resale. So if you buy it, you've got it's got no value to sell on. And I think that's what half of this DRM shit is all about these days, as evidenced by the fact that it does fuck all to stop piracy. I don't think that's their intention. Yeah. Fair. That's a bummer. Um, a bunch of the commenters, including Brilliam, um, wanted us to sort of talk about... I'm, I don't know if you actually saw it, Aaron, but it's in the, it's in the chat, hopefully. 
I'll post it again. But um, they wanted us to comment on Brilliam's Ten Commandments of not being palpably hated as a gamer and to see, you know, if we'd broken any of them. So just to go through all of them. Um, Thou shalt not be a dick online, be it via Xbox Live or via message board. Now, I don't know if we're held to a certain different standard of dickishness being games journos to games bloggers because that's sort of our livelihood. (laughs) I don't know how we feel about that. Um, Feel free to jump in any time when you have comments about these because otherwise it's just going to be me reading ten items off a list and then all of us folding our hands and sort of going home Um, because this is the last thing. Uh, two, thou shalt not act like a child when the media belittles gaming. Now, I think this is really cool because it points out something that I thought was the, the, one of the best things to come out of, um, I think it was called Gaming for Gamers, Jim, your and David's sort of... We... There's no such thing. You imagined that. Well, the, the idea at least, or at least the, the post that I, I saw posts that had words similar to those in them. And one of my favorite ones was, um, I think, when you, after the, the Manhunt 2 actually came out, and uh, you argue that you wanted, wanted Manhunt 2 to come out uncensored, not so you could buy it, but so you couldn't buy it, essentially. Yeah, and, I, wanted, I wanted to have the choice to not buy Manhunt 2. Was, which I, that, was <laughs> what I was, that was the right I was fighting for, the right to decide for myself that I don't want to play Rockstar's game. I, th- I think that's... that's wonderful and incredibly level-headed because, I mean, during that time, you know, we saw a lot of people jumping up and down and defending Rockstar from the basis of games that are art and that, you know, Manhunt 2 is probably going to be a good game giving Rockstar's pedigree. And it's like, that is the exact wrong argument to make when the main's game draw is that you can stab someone to death with a glass shard in their, in their scrote. And that's, that's games as art. There you go. Now go play Braid. I, I, I just... <laughs> Just falling too far on you know the wrong side of the scale. Um, Sorry, three. Just, <laughs> I could just imagine this guy just like spending two hours choking people with carrier bags in Manhunt Two, then just clapping his hands together and going, "Right, time for some braid." I'm in the mood, <laughs> the mood for some fiendish time distorting puzzles. Um, <laughs> Uh, commandment three, thou shall not engage in any fanboyish behavior and accept all criticism with humility. We've talked about this a lot, mainly in I terms accept, of Assassin's Creed. I accept all criticism with humility. Do you? Yes, I am classy throughout. Um, and it's true, actually, as well. <laughs> Is it? I only get upset when people decide to call me a fat, talentless wanker. That's a bit too far on the side of criticism. <laughs> I like that. Or when the, the people statement. say I'm biased, when people say I'm biased, that's another stupid one. How was my re- how was my demo impressions of the Force Unleashed biased? What was I being biased against? Star Wars. <laughs> I'm am I an anti Star Wars fanboy? The word bias has joined the ranks of emo in terms of baseless, out of context accusations that the internet ritually abuses. You don't even know what the word means anymore. It's yeah, it's like well, shit. I mean, it's like with all the nonsense. I mean, that came up in in reviews over like the last fuck. I don't even a, a long, long, long time. When every time the word uh, objective comes up, where it's like motherfucker, go look it up. Go look up the word and see if you think that's something that people are capable of doing. Like you know, bias. Like no, I have no biases. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I agree, Jim. What do you think, Tover? Whatever. 
Commandment four. Thou shalt get out of the house, <laughs> be around real people, and have interests not related to gaming. I don't know about this one. I don't think real well, people are that... Yeah, that's the one I'm most guilty of breaking. Yeah. What's so great about real people? And things that I aren't went, gaming. I went to a nightclub once. That's oh all I'm saying. I, I went to the venue in New Cross and almost got into a fight with five... Um, 14 year old children who called me fat um, uh, am I to understand yeah. that you didn't pursue that, that physical confrontation to it's amazing end because in my mind it's pretty fucking cool no I've told this story that was the one where um, like this gang, it was like six of them six of these uh, teenagers all oh, gathered around me yeah they, yeah, they gathered around me um and that was when I shouted in the middle of New Cross that that kind of thing wouldn't have happened under Hitler, um, <laughs> which is still one of my greatest, one of my greatest social achievements. That was me socialising. So, so yeah. I disagree. You know, I, the very I least that you have passed the image. You were you were around them. I mean, you didn't interact with them yeah. in maybe the way that that Brilliant would have assumed, but you were there. No, but I've, I've been to, you know, a hot destination for Southeast London clubbing, and it was one of the worst nights of my life. Um, I've gone out of the house and had full cans of drink thrown at me. Um, by, by people who by had reasons or just for shits? People, people passing in cars. They're always so brave when they're in the cars. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the amount of of things that have flown my way from cars, eggs, full cans of drink, miscellaneous objects, um, verbal abuse, obviously, um, it's enough to turn you paranoid and make you want to stay indoors. But I don't, because I I owe it to the public to, to to be among them, or the, you know, as I prefer to call them, the mediocres. Um, but <laughs> you know, I, Fair enough. video games don't throw stones and eggs at me. That's all I have to say on the subject. Real people, you know, I work in a cab office. Um, again, not for much longer, but for the meantime, I work in a cab office, and you, I, I defy anyone. Anyone, even Chad, to work in a cab office for nine hours on a Friday night and not come out of that fucking room hating the human race, literally despising them. I actually pissed off a customer um, who was in Newcross, funnily enough, some tart um, who wanted a cab, and she asked for one, and I told her it would be 20 minutes, and she did the usual thing that these slags all do, and she went, oh, I'm a girl on my own, as if I give a shit, and I get drink for all I can, but I told her that, you know, I'll get her a cab as soon as I can, um, but I can't bend the laws of physics, and she went, oh, thanks, that's really helpful and sarcastic. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Especially if she got her sarcasm wrong. You don't say that's really helpful and sarcastic. That's a double negative of sarcasm. The two don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Brilliant, if you want to really understand the full implications of Rule 4, live in London for a little while. Um, rule 5, thou shalt act at least slightly appropriately in public. Where's the fun in that? What's the point? Why? 
How do you define perfect? The gamers go out and I tell you what, again, again, come and live in London. It's not the gamers you see scratching their names into bus stops, kicking old ladies and setting. I was with some people. Um, some of them, actually, a lot of them were gamers, but they were chavish kind of, so they don't count. Um, but they uprooted a, um, a bench in a park and set fire to it. Um, and I'm a hardcore gamer, and I wasn't the one setting fire to it. And this was bolted into concrete. I don't know how they got it out. Um, but, yeah, so it's the quote-unquote normal people that are acting ab- abnormally because I'm not uprooting um, bolted benches out of, the, out of concrete. Jeez. Six of them. It took six of them to get it out of out the concrete. I still don't know how they managed it. Um, but I, I can get six one. people to do anything, much less something as essentially meaningless as that. That's incredible that they had the fortitude to decide that six people's physical strength was worth just uprooting this bench and setting it on fire. Imagine what they could accomplish if they wanted to, like, spread peace. My brother was one of the people who uprooted it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was in a park in Chislehurst. Um as I said, I wasn't the one gathered around it, pouring more vodka on the flames to get it going, and then reveling in the destruction. I was on one of the unuprooted benches, trying to drink as much as I could to pretend I never saw it. <laughs> so that's, it's, it was that's another... Basically, Brilliam needs to just live with me for a week, and, <laughs> and I'll give him a dose of the real world. He'll have to sleep on the floor... But there's enough tissues there for him to make himself a nice little set of bedclothes. <laughs> um, rule six, thou shalt not own a wardrobe only consisting of slobby novelty t-shirts. I can agree with that. Even though my wardrobe is essentially 900 slobby novelty t-shirts and one white butt-up thing, but I can dig it. Um, All of my novelty t-shirts are classy to the extreme, and that's an extreme spelt with one X followed by treme. <laughs> Uh, do you drink Mountain Dew while you wear them? Um, no, because you don't get Mountain Dew in England. Ahaha! <laughs> well, but Mountain Dew is not. I was when I was in America. Mountain Dew isn't all that good. No, it's I did not. buy all. I did buy tons of Gamer Fuel though when they were doing <laughs> that because it was there and I was there at the time and I like games. Um, it didn't fuel me. <laughs> That's unfortunate. But it was all right. It tasted like essentially. Cold fizzy sweets, but yeah, I've heard, it I've heard people like gummy bears. It. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Liquefied gummy bears. But it was okay. Yep. But normal Mountain Dew is no. It's all about the Fanta Zero in this house at the moment. I got um, through about half a can of that Gamer Fuel, and I thought I was going to puke. Ugh. So it doesn't help either that it's uh, like traffic cone orange either. That that shit can no. use the hell out of it. <laughs> Isn't that like the, the, the universal sign for danger in the animal kingdom? Like if something's colored yeah, bright I, orange, I think, like, I, I, to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's alarming that like five of the seven varieties of Mountain Dew that have been released so far are colored with hues that don't occur in nature. You know, like that. <laughs> that, that should be like Except your number on one. poison frogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it, yeah. Oh, God. Let's not turn this into a Mountain Dew discussion, but Jesus Christ, when they had... Did you guys see that? I say let's not do it, but here we go! Um, the, uh, <laughs> you know the... Uh, uh, you know how, like, Please a couple tell me you punched uh, the air couple, as you said that? What's that? Please tell me you punched I, the air as you said that. I, 
I, I may have. I, I did a I did a victorious uh, fist, you know, like not not a punch, but kind of like the 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 villain grab and ah, yes, up in the air, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, no, but you know, like a couple how a couple months ago they had that they, they they were like demoing three different flavors. You guys remember that? Did you see those anywhere? They had like yeah. a, a blue yeah. one, a, a another blue one, and a another blue one. I don't know. But it, it, it fucking freaked me yeah, out. Yeah, because some, somehow that in, in, infected the Slurpee machine next to it as well. So they, oh, yeah. Uh, they had uh, Slurpee flavors. Mountain Dew is an STD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like, <laughs> I remember um, I, I was, I had worked, like, really super late one night. And uh, and I, I, God, it was probably, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I said, okay, well, before I go to bed, I'm going to get something to eat because I fucking haven't eaten all day. And that's one thing. It's like I'm I'm tired. I'm super tired, but I'm also really hungry. I'll handle that first. So I went to the store and stumbled through the uh, the, the cooled drinks aisle um, just to grab a little bit of something to drink with the food I was getting and saw that there were like eight different flavors of Mountain Dew available. And I it was so weird. I couldn't tell if I was asleep. Like, I actually thought I was dreaming, because when I dream, that's the fucking things that I see. I see varieties of things that don't actually exist. Like, like Bioshock 8, the Bioshockening, you know? Like, that's the shit I dream about. <laughs> I, I make shit up that it's going to come in the future. And I was, like, looking at it, and I was like, no, what, what the fuck? How could there be eight different varieties of one fucking soda? What the hell is this? And, yeah, the, I, that was the night that I lost a little bit more of my mind, I think. I blame Mountain Dew. Um... Rule number seven, thou shalt recognize that all gamers and all and indeed all people are created equal and treat them with respect. This is pure bullshit. Lies. What yeah, about, I was just going to say that's... Yeah. What, about, what about the kids who are a bit touched in the head? <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, what about the idea that, that all people deserve respect? Not all people re- deserve respect. Are you yeah, telling me that pedophiles... Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that we both thought of pedophiles at the exact same moment. That was I'm the number always one. ready. <laughs> <laughs> Just whip out the pedo card. Yeah, pedophiles. They are, you know, they're they're perfect for every argument. <laughs> but if seriously, there's I mean, one was... thing they do right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, was... not even all gamers deserve respect. I mean, what about the people who like Mass Effect? <laughs> those or those degraded perverts. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't didn't respect used to be one of those things that you have to earn that you wouldn't just like give out for no reason. No, like, I'm all for being nice no. to people. That's like, not how said, it works. Yeah, I guess not. I'm sorry. That's the that's the, that's the, that's the Robert Suman definition of it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I would get angry at him for not giving us respect. And he goes, "You have to give it to er- to, to to receive it." Like we were all supposed to respect him, but it didn't work the other way around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Because speaking it, of pedophiles, speaking of pedophiles. Well, yeah, yeah, no, but we have to also understand, Anthony, that that in the modern world, it's not it's not an equal exchange of respect that has to be earned. It's it's an offering of respect, R E S P E K, that has to just be <laughs> given to to and you can only tell you what to do, essentially. But remember, you can only transfer respect from your credit balance by transferring <laughs> it via knuckles. That's that's that's, that's, that's right. That's, that's that's the accepted the form way, of currency. In, yeah, it's yeah. the only way a transaction can be made, kids. So remember, don't trust these online scams that say you know yeah. you can add respect to your balance from Nigeria or wherever because yeah, yeah. it'll die. Unless there's a Nigerian guy standing in front of you holding out his hand, you know that's yeah. It <laughs> happens to be holding a laptop with that email on it, and his other fist is cocked back, waiting to give you the respect you so rightfully deserve. That's right. Yeah. 
Eight. Hey, do you guys remember Thou shall find... to talk about games? That was sweet. No, I don't. Eight. <laughs> Thou shall find ways to express thyself without using words to disparage based on prejudice. I think he's talking about racism here. Racism is bad. I think we all think that, right? Unless it's funny. Is it? Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, what? Tiff's not on here, so you can't, like, sort of make her do that, that sort of paradoxical dividing by zero thing where she does the racist voice. And it's like it's not even like a thing where it's like it's okay because she's Asian because she's not fully Asian. It's just like it's half, and then you brown down her up. I don't know. So, so we're half guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tiff was Tiff is really happy that you guys went around to to wish her goodbye last week. By the way, there were not tears spilled over that. Really? That was sorry, she, no, she, she was really Aww. bummed out. She missed you guys. Oh. See, I, I totally thought that was true initially. I was, I was like, oh, oh God, man, I'm a bastard. <laughs> she never liked me. Sleeping. What? I fell asleep. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. Completely legitimate. I, I did it was, think yeah. where I was like, oh, I'll just... I don't know why, but I thought to myself, oh, I know. I'll lie in bed for half an hour. That will stop me falling asleep. <laughs> um... Rule nine, thou shalt learn how to argue correctly. Correct, re, now I'm doing it in correct, place of Tiff. Correctly. Um, <laughs> and except when you fail to do so with grace. Also, I'd like to fly, and I think the sky should be red. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rule 10, thou shalt start treating games and indeed all topics as something, as something where meaningful discourse is encouraged. I, yeah. Hell yeah. So, I mean, okay. we say that after having having spent half hour talking about Mountain Dew, so maybe this is not the right form to agree <laughs> with him. And I, number ten's good, brilliant. The rest you just got to live in London or toss away completely. Um, anybody, anything else to say? Because I'm I'm out of shit. Nope. All right. Uh, thank I'm you very much. Bacon. <laughs> thank you very much, Aaron Lindy, for showing up. Uh, Jim sorry, Sterling. Oh, no, it's okay. It's fine. And Jim yeah, Sterling. Yeah, you say that now. No, 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 no. Everyone's got to understand. You say that now, but the minute the recording stops, it's going to be you, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, if you're late one be- more time, I swear to God, I'm going to put the sticks to you or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I only beat you because I love you. That's and uh, thank you, Jeffrey Cantler. Thank you, Jim Sterling. Thank you, Adam Dork, as always, for recording. And thank you for listening, uh, faithful listener. We'll talk thank to you, you Anthony, for being so handsome. Why, thank you, Topher. You've never said that to me before. I could learn to like it. Not to your face. <laughs> there's, there's some sort of blog on the internet, some, some hidden live <laughs> journal. Have you oh, been reading like my Helga. blog? It's like Helga from Hey Arnold. He has a locket of you and told you football head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, good God. That's awesome. Hey Arnold, hey Arnold has a theme park. In it's in in I almost said in game world that tells you something and it's in cartoon world and the theme park's called Wanky Land and it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs>